Welcome to Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner. So the title of my message this morning is called Rise Up, Rise Up, Become the Man That You Were Created to Be. And so I want us to also just recognize right out of the gate that being a godly man in our community today, in our culture today, is not easy. In fact, many would say that um, God's description of what a man is, is, is uh, it contradicts what culture is saying a man is today. And so I want us to realize right out of the gate that being a godly man is not an easy job, but it's a job that you've been called to be, amen? And so it's not easy. There's a profound responsibility to mirror the image and the character of God, not only in our homes, but in our workplaces and throughout our communities. And, um, and all while, culture is screaming something very different. I mean, over these last few years, we've heard terminology that I've never heard in the entirety of my life, and it's terms like masculine or uh, toxic masculinity, right? And so, you know, if you, if you, don't, if you don't handle yourself um, like, like the majority says that you should handle yourself, then then, uh, you know, that's very different and it's toxic and it's not good. And, and, um, and they're doing a lot of things in culture today to, um, to rob men from the masculinity that God has given them and what they've been called to be. And so one of the things that I wanted to share right out of the gate, we had our pre-service meeting, and I believe it was Brianna that, you know, we were talking about the responsibilities of the father and one of the first things that came up was that, that fathers need to be present. They need to be present in the home. They need to be present, you know, really wherever they are. And so sometimes, you know, I think one of the struggles can be that we've got so many responsibilities that we're never quite present you know, in any situation or in some situations. And so when you're with your family, be with your family. When you're on the job, be on the job. And, and, um, and it's very important that we're present. We're not just talking about time being spent, right? We're talking about quality time being spent. It's quality time is this. It's time on purpose and for a purpose. If you would, please turn your Bibles to the book of Ephesians Chapter 5 and verse 23 through 29. I was putting this together and working on it a little bit last night, and, and I, was, I, I had this thought that came to my mind, and I believe wholeheartedly that there are some churches, which is crazy for me to even think about, but I do believe that there are some churches in the United States that would never even read this scripture on a Sunday morning because it contradicts the culture that churches are embracing even today. But we're going to read it because it's the Word of God, and, and, uh, and we don't have to apologize for the Word of God, right? Amen? How many of you know that God's Word is always true? It was, it was, it was true thousands of years ago, and it's been true all along, and, 
it, it, it's true today, and if we go a couple more thousand years before Christ returns, which I don't think is going to be the case, but it'll be true then as well, regardless of what culture chooses to do or whatever direction the culture goes. And so Ephesians 5 and 23 says this, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. Verse 24 now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Verse 25, husbands, make it easy, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. I put that make it easy in there. That was my, that was my, that really isn't in your Bible, but I just put it in there. Make it easy for her, you know what I mean, to follow your lead. That was Travis, not the Bible. Verse 26, that he may sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh but nourishes and cherishes it as, got to go down here, as Christ does the church. So I want us men to realize right out of the gate here that the the singular role of a godly man is to be Christ-like. So if you're ever wondering what it is that a man is supposed to look like or how a man is supposed to act, really all you have to do is just study, come on, the, study Jesus, study how he dealt with people, how he conducted himself, how he handled himself. So our role as men in the family is to be Christ-like. And I want you to notice that the scripture here says, love is Christ, it doesn't say love is Jesus. See, Jesus is the common name that we call him, but Christ is his title. And If you'll study out what Christ means, Christ means the anointed one, or it means, an anointed means to smear with oil. And the picture that I have in my head is is whenever Aaron, um, you know, when sometimes when people are sick in this house, we will bring them up for prayer. And I've got this little, little bottle of oil that's right up here. If you ever need to anoint someone with oil, you're more than welcome to use mine. And I encourage you, just help yourself with it. We'll replenish it as it, as, it, as it runs out. But I want you to know when we pray for people, you know, we'll ask people, can I anoint you with oil? And a lot of times I'll just dab a little on their, on their head and, and maybe put some on their hands. And then I'll, I'll lay my hand on them and I will pray a faith-filled prayer, right? How many of you know that anointing with oil is biblical and it should be something that we regularly do, right? And so... So it's very, very popular, but if you look, if you look at uh, Scripture, they anointed with oil a lot different than we anoint with oil. It would be like a whole flask of oil, maybe a half gallon. I'm thinking of Aaron, 
you know, when he was anointed, they, 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 they poured it over his head, it ran down his beard, all the way down his garments, and there was so much of it that it was, always, it was at the bottom of his garments as well. And so, so the word anointed means to smear with oil. And so, so we're, we're being called here, you know what I mean? The anointing that the, that the fathers carry, it represents the glory of God. And so that's how we're supposed to be to our families. We're supposed to represent the glory of God to our families. There's a passage of scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, and this is speaking of authority. It says this in verse 7, a man should not cover his head since he is the image and the glory of God. So a man, I want you to know that you are the image and the glory of God. But a woman is the glory of a man. So men are the glory of God, but women are the glory of men. And so I want you to realize this, that men are going to reflect the character of the God that they serve, whether it be money or whether it be power or, or, or any other thing. They're going to reflect the God that they choose to serve while women are going to reflect the men that they choose to serve. And, and I want you to really just think about that just for a second. Because I can tell you this, that Tina, when we were first married, Tina was a better wife than I was a husband. No doubt about it. No question about it. She was, she was, she was better at being a wife than I was being a husband. Thank God she was patient with me and just didn't get rid of me. Because after a long period of time, I'd love to lie to you and tell you it was just a short period of time and I caught up with her. I'm still trying to catch her. But after a long period of time, I had gotten better and I can tell you that as I was able to grow in the Lord and learn what it was like you know what I mean? To be a husband, to be a father, to be a man of God, that at the same rate that I changed and I grew, she also grew. Why is that? Because women reflect the character of the men that they choose. And I'm just telling you this, that probably her only shortcomings, not only, I'm, I'm giving her way too much grace. Probably many of her shortcomings that she even had in the beginning of the marriage were a direct reflection of my shortcomings. She had her own, I'm sure of it. You know what I'm saying? But I'm just telling you that as I grew, she also, she also grew. She changed. And so, men, another huge priority for us is to be the image bearer of God in our families for our children. Men, it's your responsibility to be an image bearer of God in your family for your children. Now, let me say this, that not all bad decisions that children make are your fault. Not all of them, but some of them are. The Bible says that foolishness is bound up in the hearts of children, and so they're going to make plenty of their own foolish decisions by themselves. But some of the foolish mistakes that our children make can be directly reflected to poor fathering. Today's not about mothers. However, it can also 
be true. It can be poor mothering as well. But who they become is largely based on you. Not solely, not entirely, but largely it's based on you. There's a story of, of a great set of parents that I'm very familiar with. And they raise their kids in the church and they raise their kids to do right. And, and two of the kids did really right and well and, and, and were honorable and, and, and did great things while one rebelled against everything that he was taught despite his upbringing. And so, and so this kid chose a, an alternate lifestyle and, and came to the, the, the parents and said, hey, listen, it's very important that you support me in my decisions that are contrary to how I've been raised. And these two parents did two things properly. Number one, they loved that child through all of the decisions, even though they were bad decisions. They loved that child. They never stopped loving that child. The second thing that they did right is they did not support that child in his poor decision making. So you can love, but yet still not support. You can love, but yet still not say, okay, you know, whatever, whatever. And this is what I can tell you. Years went by, and that child repented of his sins and came back to Jesus and, and, um, and is now walking with the Lord today, right? That's that scripture. Whenever we do baby dedications, Proverbs 22 and verse 6 says to train up a child in the ways of the Lord. And when that child is old enough, come on, and it doesn't need to be a long period of time when that child is, is at a certain age of maturity, right? It's really talking about maturity when they start making decisions on their own. Not every decision that they make is going to be a right decision, but if you train up that child in the ways of the Lord, when they begin to mature, they will not depart from it. And so this is what I want you to know, that if you put it in them, at a young age, they'll come back to it before they die. Amen? And so, studies have shown that many people that have problems with God have problems with their fathers. Have you ever realized that? A lot of people that have problems with God, you know what I mean, have problems with their fathers. In fact, a lot of atheists will present themselves as intellectuals They'll learn how to speak and, and they'll, they'll get crafty with their presentations and, and things like that. When the truth is, is they're not all intellectuals. A lot of the time they're just hurting children because there have been some deep wounds and they're out to prove themselves because they've never had, they've never had, you know, the support, the confidence of the, of the father in their life. And so they spend the entirety of their life really set out trying to prove themselves, not only to their parents, but oftentimes, you know, to the stranger as well. The second thing that the anointing represents are three offices in the Old Testament. The prophet, the office of the prophet, the office of the priest, 
and the office of the king. And if you'll study this out, I don't have time, but each of these have representation. The prophets, you know, being anointed with oil, the priests being anointed with oil, and kings being anointed with oil. And so the anointing represents these three offices. And I want you to realize that Jesus fulfilled all three of these offices. And as fathers, men, we are called to follow his lead. The prophet, what does the prophet do? The prophet accurately and faithfully delivers the word of God. Key words, accurately and faithfully. There's a lot of there's a lot of people in our world today that manipulate the Word of God, or they, 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 they're, not, they're not completely studied in the Word of God, and so they're sharing the Word of God, but, they're, but it's, it's just not, it's not in its proper context. And so what I see more today is people manipulating God's Word to get what it is that they want, sometimes even out of their own families. And this has been around for a long time. The, the word of God in the past has been used as a weapon more than it's been used to bring life and liberty. Ephesians 5.25, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her, that he may sanctify her, having cleansed her. How? By the washing of water with the word of God. So we as men, we should diligently seek, we should diligently desire to hear God's voice and then to our families, like how many of you know, like if you're never, if you're never called to be a minister outside of your family, your family ministry is enough. You know what I'm saying? Like that is a huge responsibility that men have in the home. Is to, is, to, is to faithfully share God's word in the home. Accurately and faithfully deliver the word of God. Be a man of the word. Rightly divide the word. Don't use it to manipulate or hurt. Use it to encourage and to give life. Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 4, the Bible says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Verse 7, impress them. Impress them. Somebody say impress them. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get back up. Tie them, this is beautiful, I'm going to unpack this a little bit. Tie them as symbols on your hands. Somebody say hands. Bind them on your foreheads. Somebody say foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. And so every single time that you go in or you go out, you see them. So what this is saying is, is that everything that I do, everything that I think, and everything that comes into my house is based on the Word of God, right? Everything I do, everything that I think, and everything that comes in and out of my house is based on the Word of God. Men, I want you to know something, that you are called to be the gatekeeper of your home. I think it's so interesting. 
Every single man should stand to their feet. If, 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 if I was to play a scenario, here you are, men, with your families. It's late at night, and, 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 and you're kind of in a dark part of town, and you're going to your car, and then all of a sudden some thugs come, and, and, and they want to they wanna, they wanna mess with your family. Real men, what you're going to do is you're going to put your families, I would hope, behind you, and even if it meant taking a very bad whooping, you would, you would put yourself in harm's way to protect your families. I hope that every man that is in here would handle it like that. I would hope so. But it's amazing to me, like we would put ourselves in that situation, but yet we totally check out in protecting our families with what comes into the house. We're oblivious to what's on a cell phone or, or we're oblivious to the, the things that our children, you know what I mean, watch you know, on television. And let me tell you, I'm glad I'm not parenting today because it was hard enough when my kids were little in the home because there was always a new app that was coming out that you would just think was like just harmless, and, but it was a way that videos and things like that could be shared. And, and there's a lot of crafty things. The enemy's super crafty about getting the wrong thing into the house, especially the house of the Lord. Amen? So don't invite dangerous objects or people into your home. There was a girlfriend that was old enough to have her first date. She was 17 years old. That's when girls should have their first date, in my opinion. Maybe 19 or 21 or I don't know. My little Harper June, she's going to be 33 when she has her first date. <laughs> um, there was this girl, she was 17 and she was old enough to have her first date. And so the young man, the boy came in to pick her up and the girl met him at the door and, and said, hey, listen, before we go out, you need to go and visit with my dad. He's back in the, in the back living room. And so, so she takes him back there and then she leaves him. She leaves him with the dad and the dad is sitting on his easy chair in his recliner and there's a bat that's propped up on the, on the, against the chair. And the dad just says, come on, son, have a seat. The son sits down right across from him, and dad takes out this bat. And on the bat, there's some sentences like, you will respect my daughter. You agree with this? Yes, I agree with it. And, and you will have my daughter home by 1030 do you agree with this? The son's like, the, the boy's like, yes, yes, yes. And you will protect her while she's in your care. Do you agree with this? And he's like, yes, yes, yes. And the father said, good talk and, you know, have a good night. And so they went on the date and, and had a good time. The boy brought the girl back at, you know, 10 o'clock, 10, 15, you know, plenty of time just so, just so he wasn't late and and, um, and anyhow, a couple of weeks went by and the boy was taking the daughter out for another date. And, 
and uh, goes in, and there was no, you know, no visit with dad. But before, before they left the house, the, the, the boy said, hey, can I, can I visit with your dad just real quick? Um, she said, you want to visit with my dad? Yeah, yeah, I want to visit with your dad just real quick. And, and so led him back to the, the, the same area and the same place, you know, that he met him a couple weeks before. And um, the boy sat down and, and said, you know, called him Mr. in the last name and, and said, hey, listen, my dad, I was telling him about the story. And, and uh, next week, my sister is going on her first date. And my dad asked if I could use your bat. Can he borrow your... <laughs> I love that. You know, there are times, there are times whenever as pastors, um, and, and it, it's not just with pastors, maybe you've done this as well, but somebody, you know, that's a brother or sister in the Lord, they'll come to you and say, hey, listen, we feel like there's an evil presence in, in, in our house, and can you come, do you guys ever come and pray for houses? And we're like, yeah, yeah, absolutely, certainly, and, um, and we'll go pray and one of the conversations that I always have with people, because the truth is, is I don't understand this. I'm just going to, I'm not speaking to one person here. I'm speaking to the entirety of people. Like, I don't understand this concept because I don't care what the house was like before and what other nonsense was happening in the house before we showed up. I'm telling you, my family represents the dwelling place of the Lord. Why? Because we are the temple of God. And I know this, that, that, uh, that even at the name of Jesus, come on, the enemy has to flee. And so to stand there and be tormented, you know, for long periods of time and for your kids to lose sleep and all of that stuff, like I never, I, I don't understand it. I believe in demons, I believe in devils, I believe in, in all of those things, but I'm just telling you, one thing I believe more than anything is that the authority that I have in me is greater than any stinking authority that the devil can muster up. And so I never quite understood it, and what I've really come to understand is either that or they don't understand the authority that they have, but oftentimes the reason why something is in the home let me get to it. I'm spending too much time talking about it. Oftentimes, the reason something is in the home is because it's been invited there. And a lot of time, it's been invited by the people that don't want it there. And so I firmly believe that demons and devils can attach themselves to things. And so, like seances and, man, I've heard crazy things about even people that love Jesus going to mediums and when the Bible is so directly it addresses this makes absolutely no sense to me whatsoever but they will open these doors and and they'll bring like um I, I'm gonna get in your business just for a little bit and you can just think I'm crazy or whatnot but dream catchers if you got that garbage in your house my opinion get it out of your house even though you might like crystals and they're beautiful and whatnot, crystals, they can, 
They can, they, they're not used for good things in a lot of realms and people. And, and I'm not going to get too far into this. You being a believer, you know what I mean, doesn't mean that you can't. I'm just saying just stay away from the garbage is what I'm saying. You work through it yourself. But there's a lot of things that people um, are messed with because demons attach themselves to stuff like, like, um, like Miami Dolphins jerseys. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Pastor Javi. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> What's so funny is you, you weren't ready for that. That was good. That was good. <laughs> next service should be what? Who should I see as next service? <laughs> the, the Cowboys? Is that what you said? Okay, all right. Done. Listen, we're not fearful of stuff, so don't read too far into this, but I'm just saying that sometimes we do allow things in that just mess with us. Whenever you are the, care, the carrier, come on, of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. Amen. And you don't have anything to be afraid of. You have nothing to be afraid of. Number two, priests, they intercede, they minister, and they reconcile relationships. And so, fathers, you are called to be the priest in your home, to intercede on behalf of your family with your wife, right, to minister and to reconcile relationships, to reconcile relationships. Men, if you feel, if you sense from God that conversations are being had in your home that are not conducive to where it is that you and your family are going collectively, come on, don't sit idly by and, 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 and in love say, listen, we're not going to do that. We're not going to talk about that. That's not who we are. It's not where we're going. But in put yourself in the middle come on as the pastor as the priest of your home because that's exactly what you're called to do Ephesians 5:28 husbands should love their wives even as their own bodies he who loves his wife loves himself for no one ever hated his own flesh but nourishes and cherishes it just as Christ does the church and so in the same way that you care for your body care for your wife and your kids what we see oftentimes is quite the opposite, right? There's problems in the home, and, and dad's looking elsewhere, and then all of the sudden, dad's getting fit. Dad's getting fit, not Christ-like. Dad's getting fit because of what else is out there, but yet he's forgetting his wife and his children. Why? Because he's already moved down the road. I want you to think about that just for a second. Hebrews chapter 4 says this, for we have a sympathetic high priest in Jesus. And so what we should do is go to the Lord often. Why? Because you can go to Jesus for help, men, as much as you want. And the beautiful thing about it is, is he's been tempted and tried in every way, plus additional ways that you've never been tempted and tried but yet he did not sin. And so he's a sympathetic high priest in that he understands, but he's remained pure. So my question to you is, in the same way that you can go to Jesus and it's safe, right? 
and he understands you. Men, this is my question. Can your children come to you and feel safe? Can they approach you and feel, you know what I mean, confident in that relationship? Number three is, is we are to be kings in our home. And a king is a servant leader of his household. A king provides structure and order. He initiates decision-making without dominance. And this is the big part, without dominance. Like, like I'm just going to say it like this. Jesus, nobody has a problem. Men, women, it doesn't matter. There's not one person that, that is a believer in Jesus. There's not one person that has a hard time with Jesus being called king. Why is that? Because he's easy to follow. Because he loves so well, right? There's nobody arguing, I can't believe he wants us to call him king. Does he have some sort of a complex or, or something like that? And I'm just saying, men, be leaders in your home. Be kings in your home but without dominance, like, like without, without the relationship. You know, I can tell you this, that the Bible says, you know, um, fathers, do not provoke your children. And, and, and I'm just saying one of the biggest things that provokes children is unrelational authority. Whenever we don't have the relationship where they don't realize that, listen, I love you and I care for you and I believe in you, but I'm telling you, if you're wrong, I'm going to be in your business as well. Like kids typically don't have a problem with that if they know the heart of the father. But kids are provoked whenever this, there's this unleashed authority, but there's no relationship. And by no means am I saying be the best friend to your son and your daughter. That's not what I'm saying. In fact, I think we've taken that a little bit too far. Sometimes we want to be best friends and we have, we've kind of bowed out on having any authority in their life. So the problem is, is many men have not established trust in their family relations. And so whenever it comes to the hard conversations, wives or children or other people, they don't trust the decision making. And so... I want us to realize, because there's probably somebody in here that's a little bit uncomfortable, I want us to realize that what I'm not saying is, is that men are better than women, that men are a higher priority than women. I want us all to realize this, that men and women are equals absolutely in everything. In fact, as far as that goes, God doesn't see man or woman. But what this is talking about is really structure and order. And there has to be structure and order in everything. Amen? amen. Can I get a little better amen there? Amen. You know what I'm saying? Like, the wives are like, man, I wish I wouldn't have come today. <laughs> but you should be very thankful that you came today because God's word is amazing, right? Ephesians 5, for the husband is the head of the wife, again, as Christ is the head of the church. Let the wives be subject to their husbands in everything. What this is encouraging women not to do is to, is to act without their husbands in the same way that the church should never act without Jesus. We should, you know, we should be led by the Spirit. Hopefully, hopefully most things that we do here 
You know what I'm saying? We're paying attention to what it is that God would have us would have us to do, and we're not just jumping on the next you know craze that's 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 you know going through you know churches all over the United States, but we're being led by God, and so. Ephesians 6 says, children, obey your parents. This is what I was talking about. Honor your father and mother. And it says, fathers, don't provoke your children. And this is that no relational authority. That's what provokes kids. What I want you to know this is that children and families need all three of these. They need the prophet, they need the priest, and they need the king. The trouble is, is that most men are really good and bent towards one of them. I don't know what your bend is. Maybe you were more of a prophet in your home or more of a king in your home or a priest. I mean, I don't know what your bend is, but I can tell you my natural bend was a king. And and I was a king sometimes without the deep-rooted relationship that was needed to exercise that authority. And I'm telling you, in my younger years, I went from... So I went from being single to being married and a father overnight. And I didn't know how to be a husband, and I didn't know how to be a dad. But I did know something about authority. I'd just gotten out of the Marine Corps, and the Marine Corps instilled in you. And then my upbringing also was, was instilling in me far before the Marine Corps that when Dad says something, you better do it. And if I have to ask you twice, you're going you're gonna to pay for it. And so I knew that, you know what I'm saying? Like I knew that as much as I may have despised it as a, as a child, I became the same thing that I despised And the Marine Corps drove that home. And I love the Marine Corps and I love my dad and, and I love my upbringing. I'm just saying that, that everybody's got, (laughs) everybody's got issues. I'd like to meet the person that doesn't have any issues. Turn to your neighbor and say, you got issues. (laughs) There's so much truth in laughter, right? (laughs) Penny's turning around and telling everybody around her. She's turning. She said that she went to the four corners, said, listen, you have issues and you have issues and you have. She was like, you know how long I've been waiting to do that? But I'm telling you that whenever I was first a father, first a husband, man, that's how I did. I would tell, and Ashley's 30 years old today, and she's a beautiful, beautiful young woman, amazing, amazing kid growing up, but I still go to her today at different times, and I will apologize to her. I probably apologized a hundred times to her because she, there was a no tolerance. There was no, there was no room for her to make a mistake. And, and, and I, I smile about that, but boy, oh boy, there's a better way. You know what I'm saying? And, um, and, and she wasn't, she wasn't being belligerent. She wasn't being defiant. Sometimes she was just being a kid and she didn't have space to really be that much of a kid because I was just on her, and it's crazy how, you know, we joke even as the fa- in, the, in our family that by the time Jacob came along, you know, she says that I never disciplined him at all. <laughs> She's like, man, oh man, you took all that out on me, and Tyler, 
you know what I'm saying? He got his fair share, but, but by the time Jacob came along, you know, and uh, Jacob was just perfect. He didn't need to be, no, no, no. No, the truth is, is that I, I got better as a father, and so it looks like, it, you know, it could be misread or misunderstood, but the truth is, is that I really did realize that a lot of the things that I did, was, they were wrong. And if I did anything right and well, we talked about this in our pre-service prayer um, in, our, in our gathering this morning. If I did do something right and well, as I grew in the Lord, I had no problem going to my kids when I got it wrong and saying, I'm sorry. In fact, by the time Jacob came along, I would still spank him, just not near as much. But I would spank him. I believe in spanking. You know, there's a lot of different ways. There's a lot of different ways to discipline. But what was effective for us, is, for me, was spanking and then taking away the thing that they loved the most. And whatever that was for a period of time. And it got great results. But I'm telling you, by Jacob, I would spank him. Tyler, I learned this kind of in the middle. I would spank them. But then I would just grab a hold of them and I would say, listen, you know, I'm sorry that I had to do that. And just because we had to go through this doesn't mean that I don't love you. But this is where we're going as a family. And so it's crazy how, how you know what I'm saying, not doing it out of anger or losing control, losing your head or your mind, you know what I'm saying, but then having the conversations like there were some very strong bonding moments even in the discipline and certainly there was major bonding moments whenever you know whenever I would get it wrong and I would have to go back and I would apologize to my kids saying listen I got this wrong and I would ask them will you forgive me will you forgive me like parents you can ask your kids to forgive you you know you're not going to get it right all the time and, and, I've, and I believe this wholeheartedly that whenever you make a mess, you should clean it up, right? Make a mess, clean it up. All right, so what do we do? We're closing with this, Matt. When we fall short, number one, admit your weaknesses. Number two is submit to the Holy Spirit. Number three is partner men with your wives. And if you're wondering how you're doing, I promise you, if you've got a wife like mine, just ask her and she'll let you know how you're doing. She'll let you know. I'm sure most of us are blessed with women in our, in, our, in our lives like that. They'll be honest and truthful with you. And number four is find godly role models. I think it's interesting that a lot of times women, how they learn from one another is they talk, right? They talk. But for men, not all men, but for many men, what we do is we sit back and observe. And I know this. That if you were to think right now, who is an incredible father? Who do I feel like is doing a really good job? Like there's somebody, men, that you have observed and you're like, man, they're really doing a good job. And if you can identify somebody like that and you're having some struggles and, and some questions of your own, man, what a wonderful thing that would be is if you went to that person and said, listen, I've been watching you and, um, and I really just admire you know what I mean? How you, how you're those three things, a priest, a prophet, and a king come on in your home. Can you kind of talk to me a little bit about that? I see you're doing some things right. Can you help me out with that? Amen.
You know what this guy's is, is this is the iron sharpening iron as one man sharpens another. And I can tell you this, I don't know, even, and, and I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, because I think every family's a little crazy, and I say that half-heartedly, but with some truth in it. I don't know that there's a perfect family. Even a family that looks perfect, they probably had their stuff. And so, I don't know that anybody is readily equipped, you know what I mean, right out of the gate, to be an amazing father, to be an amazing mother, to be, you know, a, a great husband or a wife. And so I really feel that all of us are going to grow and get better the longer that we do it. Let's not waste time. And if you see something that somebody else has, go to them. Because I believe that there's a such thing as impartation and just walking closely with somebody, some of that good stuff can rub off in the same way that bad stuff can rub off as well. Amen? So let me pray for you, men, real quick. Lord, we thank you for today. I pray that today men would just be honored. They would lift their head up. They would see the responsibility, and they would be thankful that, God, you have entrusted them with so much of that responsibility. Lord, help us to help one another. Help us to be led by your Spirit, and help us, Lord, to get better even if we're at that stage of grandparenting now, man, the heart of the Father is still needed. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.